Hello, I'm Jacob Kruger, and this is the Write Your Screenplay Podcast. Welcome to part two of Everything Everywhere All at Once. In the last episode, we looked at the character-driven drama underneath all the genre. So today, as promised, we are going to do a deep dive into what is potentially the most important scene in the movie, the very first scene. And by understanding how this scene is built, we're going to see also how it lays a runway for everything else the Daniels are doing as they build this nearly impossible and impossibly complicated movie. We're going to be talking about how that one scene sets the runway for everything else the Daniels are trying to accomplish. So stay tuned. What's so important to understand is that the Daniels did not begin with a perfect understanding of the character-driven drama. What the Daniels began with was a twist on the matrix and a question about the immigrant experience and some personal experiences with Daniel Kwan's own immigrant family and his relationship with his parents and his grandparents and a love for kung fu movies and an insane desire to tell a kung fu movie about empathy and a curiosity about the metaverse and the idea that there might be multiple universes happening at the same time. And by pushing on all those ideas, they eventually figured out the character-driven drama. And then they wrote the scene that we are about to watch together I'm going to show you how all the magic actually builds out of this simple scene. We begin with this image in the mirror of this family all together. And it's doubtful whether this scene ever actually existed. But what we know is this is, this is Evelyn's dream. This is what her family was supposed to be if she had been living the best version of herself. What's important to understand is this is not the family that we end up with at the end. Just like your screenplay is not going to be the vision that you have at the beginning. This is, this is the false belief of what it is supposed to be rather than the acceptance of what it is. We push in and suddenly that mirror is blank. You can see this image. You can't start with this image. They don't know this image yet. This image is what they find as they realize we need to know what Evelyn's vision was so that it can be lost. This is the movie in a microcosm. We're now going to push in through that mirror. And we are going to find Evelyn at, to speak metaphorically, her writer's desk, completely overwhelmed. Now, if you watch closely, you'll see that Wayman's face is reflected on the mirror behind her, right? Um, but she is not seeing his face. She is buried in her paperwork and her expectations of what things are supposed to be. You can see behind her, there are all these different angles of the room, right? All these different camera angles, right? These fractured little universes. 
Um, as we pushed in, you probably also noticed the googly eyes on the laundry. But really what we're seeing is we're seeing an overwhelming room that already has everything happening everywhere all at once. Wayman's first action is to grab the piece of paper from his wife. He is trying to get her out of her head and just to pay attention. And what Evelyn says to Waymond is what every writer says to me when I try to get them to play. Stop playing. We don't have time. I don't have time. I've got to get to the end. I've got to get through this scene. And we end up forgetting our sense of play by which we discover what the scene actually wants to be. We end up missing what's in front of us because we're so busy trying to catch up. Waymond asks her, I know you're too busy. You won't let me help. But can we talk about something else? And she says, I'm listening. Talk. But she's not listening. What's actually happening is we're having a wonderful little game, right? There's a game happening with the paper. He pulls the paper. She gives, he gives her the paper. She takes the paper, right? We're having a game of action, right? Now, this is craft, you always want to root your characters in action. The characters aren't just sitting there talking. They're playing a little game around a piece of paper. She's trying to focus on her task. He's trying to get her to look at something and have a conversation. I have to finish all this before I pass. I, I, you go and steam the tablecloth. Now, she once again is doing everything everywhere all at once. She's having the conversation with him. The rice cooker has just gone off, so she's taking care of the rice. She wants the water stain painted on the ceiling. She wants to cook the noodles. And what Wayman does is Wayman starts a new strategy, right? He is going to try to help her with the other tasks, right? He's already painted the ceiling. He's now stirring the noodles. But he hasn't given up on his plan. He wants to talk later. He's trying just to set a time to talk. So we have a character who's desperate to talk and a character who's desperate to deal with everything else. Now, with the noodles, by the way, they're setting up something that ended up getting cut. They're setting up a noodle universe that ended up getting cut in favor of the hot dog universe. She is looking at everything except what is right in front of her, what her, what her husband actually wants and needs from her. You could see that the metaverse is already happening. You could see that these two characters are in different movies. Evelyn is in the movie about everything she needs to take care of before Gong Gong's party. And Waymond is in the movie about, I need to serve my wife with divorce papers so that she will actually talk to me. Within those two universes, there are a dozen other universes. There is the universe of the paint. There is the universe of the noodles. There is the universe of the rice cooker. There is the universe of the tax papers. There is the universe of what's planning for Gang Gang's party. The metaverse is already here. These characters are already living in half a dozen different universes at the same time. Everything is already happening 
everywhere all at once. And then what we see is we see Waymond do his kind of fighting, his fighting through empathy. He says, Evelyn, calm down. I know you want everything to be perfect for your dad's party. He's going to be proud of you. He's going to see you've nurtured a happy family and a successful business, right? You can see what's happening here. This is a precursor to the rocks. This is her husband trying to say, if you will just let things go a little bit quiet, you will see all the beauty that is around you. This is her husband fighting through empathy. And you can see Evelyn is not ready for that. You're crazy, she says. You know that's not what my father's going to see. And we have this beautiful moment where the two of them look at each other. He turns her around towards him. And he says, but it's what you and I see, right? And Evelyn just turns away. And we get this unbelievable shot through the doorway of what she actually sees. What, we, what she actually sees is this overwhelming apartment plugged with too much stuff. What she sees is what we feel so often in our lives, more stuff than we can possibly balance or make sense of. And all she needs to do at this moment is turn towards Waymond and see what he sees. Allow it to simplify down to the relationships in front of her. But she's still too distracted by all the things around her. Of course, then she gets interrupted by another character, Gong Gong. And bang, she's back in a dozen more metaverses. The table needs to be set. Gong Gong needs to be taken care of. She's out the door. And she's completely missed the opportunity to communicate, to see, to recognize the beauty. She's so trapped in all the things she thinks she's supposed to do. Wayman says, we talk later, but the door shuts in his face. She's not even aware of what he's been asking. It's at this moment that we get exposed to what he's actually trying to do. Up until now, we just know he wanted to talk, but now we see the divorce papers. We see them at the same moment that he's looking at them. He's contemplating them. He has completely failed in his mission. We cut from here. We're about to meet Joy. And we come in on the spinning dryer. And you might notice that the dryer is the bagel. It's the same image or it's a riff on the same image. And we meet Joy and she is staring depressed into the depth of the dryer. This thing just going round and round and round. The laundry that's going to need to get done again and again and again. And the meaninglessness and the pointlessness of all of this when nobody can see you or hear you. And again, this gets interrupted by what? By empathy, by actually seeing, by her girlfriend's kiss. We get the resistant joy, depressed joy, joy who's living out the same patterns that her mother lives out in the same way Evelyn's living out the same patterns that Gong Gong lived out. And we get the person who, like Waymond, sees her. Thank you for doing this. 
You look really pretty right now. Oh, you like this, this hot Mormon look? <laughs> I'm just telling you now in case my mom says something dumb like you're fat or whatever. Something amazing happens here. Joy finds her joy in that moment of connection. She sees the person in front of her. But like her mother, rather than accepting her, she starts to roll up her sleeves to cover her tattoos. Just like her mother doesn't want to show the truth to Gong Gong, Joy doesn't want to show the truth to her mom. I thought you said when she says shit like that, it means she cares. We also have this beautiful little setup here. Joy is aware of her mother's inability to communicate. As Becky reports back, I thought you said when your mom says you're fat, that it means she cares, right? Joy has the language to decode her mother's subtext, but she still feels unseen. In other words, like Jobu, Joy sees what's going on. She sees everything. It just all starts to feel meaningless and hopeless to her. And that leaves her in a place of self-destruction. Hi, Evelyn. Mrs. Wong. Hey, Mom. I only cook enough food for three people. Now I have to cook more. We get this beautiful moment where Becky tries to please Evelyn. And Evelyn gives her a line, which we now have the context to understand. This is craft, right? We've been laid in to understand that when she says nasty stuff, it actually is her way of saying love. So we actually understand that Evelyn is trying at this moment, right? This is a little bit of audience draft craft, but what's really happening here is Becky tries to impress Evelyn. And Evelyn says, I didn't cook for three. Now I have to cook for one more. We get another little rejection. Now we have one more metaverse happening, right? Deirdre, there was supposed to be Joy coming to Deirdre to avoid any further miscommunications. Now we got Becky and What's supposed to happen just fragmented and broke, and now we have to do something different. Another level of the metaverse has already been built. Hi, honey. Hi, Mr. Wong. Hi, Becky. Thank you for coming. Please call me Wayman. We get the strongly contrasting relationship between Wayman and Becky, so we can see the guy who can see the person in front of him and the woman who cannot. We can see the guy who can communicate his emotions and the woman who cannot. You know, he doesn't have to stay. Who's he? Becky. Becky's a she. You know me, I always make that he, she. In Chinese, just one word. We get this beautiful moment about with the noodles and mixing up he and she, which obviously is having a metaphorical level. Evelyn is not just struggling to understand the language. She's struggling to understand her daughter's relationship. And this is actually a precursor, right? The way she's going to figure out her daughter's relationship is by imagining herself in a lesbian hot dog finger relationship with Deirdre. 
you can see that this is just an expressionistic, metaphorical expression of the feeling that she has about the what she would consider the unnaturalness of her daughter's relationship. All that happens in the film is that gets pulled out of her, extrapolated out of the naturalistic dramatic world and into the expressionistic world, and we get to see what it feels like for her. We get to see her reject her own lesbian relationship. And then we get to watch her find love in something that before felt disgusting for her, to find beauty, to find connection with someone she never imagined she could connect to. You could see this is all suggested, and you could see, and you could see that the whole idea of the metaverses and he and she being mixed up, right? That there's not just a binary relationship here, right? That this is all happening, all being, all being laid in in this opening sequence. Not an opening sequence you can write at a beginning. An opening sequence you can write once you understand what your movie really is. Just one word, top, so easy. And the way you two are dressed, I'm sure I'm not the only one calling him he. I mean her, him, I. Anyways, my English is fine. And we have Google, so you don't have to come and be a translator. huh? You stay here and she can cook it. Look, I honestly think it's weird, okay? But Becky wants to help. Right, Becky? I always learn something when I hang out with the elderly. Old people are very wise. Hmm. It's okay. We'll take Hong Kong with us to the meeting. Uh, you and Becky can stay here and decorate. Becky wants to help. She wants to understand Gong Gong. Evelyn wants to protect Gong Gong and herself from Gong Gong finding out who Becky is. So now the universe just shifted a little bit. It was supposed to be a universe where Joy came to help with Deirdre. Now the two of them are going to have to stay behind and they're going to have to bring Gong Gong to the meeting. We just had a little split between Evelyn's expectations and the way the universe is actually going. Where is he? When can I meet him? We get another level that gets dropped in here when Wayman says, does your dad even know you're being audited? So there's another level of reality. There's the level of the, what Gong Gong is being told and what is actually happening. What I'm trying to suggest to you is that the metaverse is not some external thing that these writers boiled up. That the metaverse is a representation of the feeling of overwhelm that exists in these characters' lives already. Customers, eat fast. So now customers show up. And now we're going to have a mirror of the same conversation that Wayman had with mom. Now it's Joy chasing mom, trying to get her attention. And, and Evelyn once again being pulled by the metaverse, right? The challenge of the customers, one more layer of everything, everywhere, all at once, and not understanding the needs of the person right in front of her. Mom, what? Mom, just wait. Wait, wait, no time to wait just today. Please, Joya, any other time, I bet you to come and eat or call me or anything, but today, very busy. Today, very busy. Mom, this is literally what it's always like. You can see 
Again, this is how we feel as writers. We feel overwhelmed. We're doing everything all at once. We're thinking about what it's supposed to be. We're saying, I'm going to have time to sit and listen to my characters later. I'm going to have time to sit and meditate later. I'm going to have time to sit and play later. I'm going to have time to sit and find the beauty in front of me later. Or maybe we're even saying, I'm going to find the time to sit and write later. But really, we're distracted by all the things in the world around us right? The big, ugly stain on the ceiling rather than the things that actually matter to us. We're putting off for later the things that need to happen now. I know you haven't always liked Becky, okay? But I like Becky. She's very nice. You are very lucky. We have these googly eyes, which obviously are a symbol of seeing, of seeing each other. And of seeing ourselves. And we're watching a mom not be able to see her daughter, not be able to see that she's not seeing her daughter, literally removing the eyes because she does not want to see. No shoes in washer. Broken you pay, You can see. Evelyn is dealing with the shoes and the washer, but not her daughter's needs. It's just one other distraction in the metaverse. His heart cannot take it, especially after such a long flight. You want him to come all the way from China to die like that? He's not going to die. That's not what I said when I said I wanted to die. Yet another metaverse, right? Her fear for the future, that Gong Gong might die. And now we get introduced to the next element, which is, we'll just call her Big Nose, Right? Um, she is going to appear later in the fight sequence. She's going to get laid in. And in fact, you'll notice she's the one who has the, the headset in her ear, right? She is, this is where that element gets laid in. How can I help you? Hold on, I can't hear you. Just hold on. Okay. You can see that these characters are in two different scenes as well. Big Nose is in a conversation with her boyfriend on her headset. She's in a different universe. She's having two conversations at once. It's just one more fragmentation of the world. How can I help you? Yeah, I'm here to pick up some shirts. I called like three times. Okay, give me your ticket. Uh-huh. I find for you. No, I have the ticket. She's just asking for it because that's like the way that it works. They don't read minds. And there's the little dog that, as we know, is going to become a weapon <laughs> later in this show. So you can see everything is being set up in this sequence. Then, then hang up. Thank you. We've been together for three years. Don't you think? Look at this moment. We get all this foot action with the stool. And this is actually the beginning of realizing that there's a little Kung Fu happening right here. There's a little bit of Hong Kong inserts action stuff happening already. She already has some abilities that she and we are not aware of. Don't you think Gong Gong would want to know? Let him enjoy his party tonight. <laughs> hey, you think that he's going to get through the whole party without... Evelyn! Here's another element of the universe, another character demanding her attention. Guess who's 20 got eaten by the machine again? <sighs> Women! Customers need you! Hey, Evelyn... You know, my wife used to wear that exact same perfume, God rest your soul. Are you coming to the party tonight? You can see this is the laying in of the perfume as this guy hits on her. Later, when she has her kung fu love sequence, she's going to spray him with perfume and she's going to transform his grenade into perfume and it's going to change his life. Everything is being set up here. 
Yeah, I got my ticket right here. 客人的衣服不见了，零食二在哪儿 ？Sorry, it was too crowded here, so I moved some upstairs. I think the clothes are happier there. Now we've got two other. Elements of the metaverse, right? We've got the party and her desire for everyone to come. The guy who's been kind of hitting on her a little bit, and big nose later, she's going to want to come. And we've got the element of the missing clothes. Waymond has is trying to help. He also thinks the clothes are happier upstairs, right? There's empathy everywhere, even for the clothes. And her disdain for her husband's choices, her not seeing. The beauty of her husband, his trying to help, his fighting for love, his empathy. Instead, just seeing him as another thing in the way of all the things she has to deal with. We get this beautiful moment where Becky tries to calm poor Joy down, but Joy is not getting anything she wants. Just like always, her mom is not able to hear her, and her attempts to connect just make her feel more hopeless, more in despair. See, they're happier here. You can see the googly eyes on the sack of laundry, and those googly eyes are going to pay off in so many different ways. When the bullet turns into a googly eye, when the googly eye becomes the Uh, the third eye on her. You'll also notice that that the googly eye is a third eye on her. Is a mirror for the circle, which is the circling of the receipt that Deirdre staples to her own forehead. Right. Everyone is trying to open their third eye in some way, but nobody quite knows how to see until that moment where the bullet transforms and the googly eye gets placed on her forehead. What we're actually watching again is a woman going from removing googly eyes to actually seeing. You can also see that this is a precursor for the rock with the googly eyes, right? This image is setting up the rock. Mama, put all these googly eyes down. No more googly eyes. Mom, can we please talk about Becky? You can see they're all in different movies. Evelyn is in seventy-two movies with all the tasks that she has to do. Joy is in the movie about I need to talk about Becky, and Waymond is in the movie about I need to talk to you about our marriage. I still don't know what his brain is thinking. Can Becky come tonight or not? Stop changing the subject. I'm you not... know, it's like our audit. She is a terrible person. She keeps targeting the Chinese in the community. Joy just tries to find out: Can Becky come tonight? And Mom switches to another metaverse. She's at the tax office talking about Deirdre preying on immigrants. She's in so many different metaverses. She can't see the one that she's in. You know, two years of meeting, she puts a lean on our laundromat, and you know what your father does? Brings her cookies. And then we have an amazing thing happen. So we are at seven minutes thirty-eight seconds in. We have been seeing up until this point, right? Only naturalistic drama. That is a precursor for everything that's coming later. But we need to know that we're in an action movie, or we're going to tune out. So what happens? We get this 
other split. Remember, we talked about those nine little screens. We're now going to see something happening that they're not seeing. Again, they're missing a whole part of the universe. We're going to see Alpha Wayman, who we don't even know is Alpha Wayman. We just think he's Wayman. Doing all kinds of crazy kung fu moves in the background while mom and Joy fail to communicate with each other. Every day is a battle here. Your father, he doesn't care about the way things happen. I try to make our lives easier and more simple. And then we're going to cut back, and it's a completely different Waymond. It's Waymond playing around with the guy who was hitting on his wife earlier. And that's going to keep on getting yes-anded and played with by the time this sequence is over. The two of them are going to be dancing together, right? And Evelyn is going to look at that with disdain. She's not going to see that this is her husband's way of fighting. Fighting with empathy, fighting with love. She says... She says, sometimes I wonder how he would have survived without me. Later, we're going to realize that the two of them really need each other to survive and that he is going to be the key to her realizing who she really needs to become. Now, as Waymond and the die with the beard, deal with their wonderful little game together. We're going to see this musical, right? This kind of King and I musical that is playing in the background. And right. And this is what is later going to transform into the, uh, into the hot dog fingers musical. So you can see again, the many, many, many different layers of what is being set up. Everywhere we're going is already set up here. Just like you did. Hey, maybe we can you sit in. And we get Evelyn watching that musical, which again is the expression, right? of that kind of idealized love that she was supposed to have that she didn't get. (laughs) She's watching the magical love story happening on the screen and behind her unseen we're watching her husband dance around. That image is telling us that the, the musical, the love is already there. It's just not in the shape she's expecting. I love this. But she finally turns around. Instead of seeing the beauty, she gives the laundry to her husband and tells him to give it to Big Nose. You can see she again is missing everything that is happening in front of her. Every universe is interrupting every other universe. Meanwhile, Joy and Becky are having their own conversation 
which Evelyn is overhearing, which she doesn't like very much. Gotta be any fucking clearer. It's like she can choose. Either you come to the party with me, and Bumble is eternally ashamed until he forgets it all, and then he dies, or you don't come with me, and then he still dies. What? Either you come with me, and he dies, or you don't come with me, and he still dies. You can actually see that this is a precursor for where we're going with this story. As discussed before, Evelyn can either fail to communicate and lose her daughter or communicate and lose her daughter. One way or another, she is going to have to let go. Everything is being laid in here. But you people were very good with well, that. Next time I give you back. Evelyn, interest. Evelyn, it's a very poor. Mom, what? Uh, it was nice to meet you. <laughs> Joy finally gets Evelyn's attention, and there's Gong Gong. And you can see this is exactly what's going to happen with Gong Gong in the magical action world, right? He is going to show up and he is going to be a danger to Evelyn. He's going to be a threat to Evelyn. He's going to be a threat to Joy. And Evelyn is eventually going to need to learn to stand up to him. And when she finally does, what's really magical and what's really beautiful is we're going to get to see the opposite of what we've been watching through all of this sequence. Rather than watching the family fight together, we're going to watch Evelyn and Waymond and even Gong Gong all fight to pull Joy back out of the bagel, out of the nothingness, back to what really matters. And this is the moment we've been building towards, right? All of this has been building towards finally introducing Becky to Joy. And this is what we get instead. We get Joy tries to introduce her girlfriend, but she doesn't have the language. Just like Jobu actually doesn't have the language to say what she wants to say. What Jobu's able to say is, everything means nothing and I'm overwhelmed and I built the bagel to destroy myself. But what Jobu really wants to say is, I want you to save me, mom. I want you to see me. I want you to show me that there's a different possibility. So that's where we're going. We've been building up to this big moment. Becky's finally getting in, introduced. Joy tries to introduce her. 
She runs out of language and mom jumps in like this. And instead of introducing her as a girlfriend, introduces her as a very good friend. You can see Gong Gong does the same game Evelyn's doing. Joy tries to communicate with Gong Gong, but she lacks the language. And Gong Gong responds, your Chinese is getting worse every time we talk, which is probably Gong Gong for I love you. Just like Evelyn's you're getting fat is Evelyn for I love you. So we have this beautiful moment. Evelyn fails to introduce Becky the way they agreed. Joy says, Mom. And again, she's trying to communicate. But what happens? Evelyn gets pulled away by another metaverse, the metaverse of Big Nose, and she's got to come to the party. The thing that seems so important that makes her miss the thing that's actually important. You may also notice this actor is so good. Gong Gong has his hand to his ear. Right, Everybody's trying to hear each other, but nobody's actually listening. Now we get Evelyn trying to convince Big Nose to come to the party. And again, she's not hearing Big Nose, who's trying to say, I don't want to come. She's only focused on the thing that seems so important. Also, there is a Chinese New Year party tonight. Uh Open to all the customers in the community. Please come and enjoy the good food and nice music, okay? I get you an uh, invite. Moment, moment, please. Please. Joy, wait, please. I have something to say to you. What? And then she runs after her daughter because she wants to say, I'm sorry. But what happens instead? You? She's only able to say you're getting fat. You have to fat. try and eat healthier. And that relationship is fragmented. You are getting fat. You can see that this is Evelyn fighting for her daughter. She's just fighting the wrong way. Just like she's going to fight with Kung Fu, but she's fighting the wrong way. And you can see these clues are going to keep on coming, right? How does she have to defeat the wrestler Deirdre? She has to say, I love you, right? Where are we actually going? The key is empathy. The key is love. The key is being able to express our emotions. The key is being able to love somebody who feels different from you, right? That's what these writers are actually saying. And that is what is being set up throughout this opening 11 minutes and 26 seconds is where we are right now. Evelyn helps Gong Gong up the stairs and Joy drives away in tears. This is the precursor of Evelyn losing her daughter because she cannot stand up to her father. And this is the beginning point from which we are going to reach those multiple turns at the end that we spoke about earlier in this podcast. And Evelyn's going to sit back again at her overwhelming table with piles of receipts but that we will later learn with Deirdre don't just represent the overwhelm of her life, but also represent all the different possibilities of who she could have been, who she did not become, her hobbies that she confuses with her job. And her husband asks her, Evelyn, what are you doing? What are you thinking about? And then... The super title tells us exactly what Evelyn is thinking about.
Now, where does this opening sequence actually come from? What the Daniels brothers are actually doing here is they are ripping off Home Alone. They are setting up, just like in Home Alone, every single window that the robbers are going to fall out of and stairs they're going to fall down and trap they're going to fall into is established in that opening sequence. The Daniels are actually doing the exact same thing here. And this is not me being brilliant. This is literally what the Daniels have said. They're literally adapting Home Alone. They're stealing a little trick and applying some craft. But they didn't know they needed to adapt Home Alone until they had already written multiple drafts of the movie. They didn't know what was happening here until they'd already found their way through a multiverse of possibilities, many of which happened in the script, many of which never found their way in. They did not know what they needed here until they had made order out of the chaos, out of those beautiful specks of time where things actually made sense. So often we are taught as writers that we're supposed to be setting things up so we can pay them off later. But that is so rarely the case, right? So few of us, so rarely are we actually the master manipulators who understand everything we're building and are carefully laying in the setup. Rather, what we're doing, like Evelyn, is going on a journey of discovery based on what we think our movie or our show is supposed to be often discovering that it's actually something very different, getting overwhelmed by the possibilities, finding those beautiful moments of order, and then eventually allowing it to fall into place. Finding ourselves in the place where we realize what we need to set up. What actually tends to happen is that we pay off and then we set up rather than the other way around. And I would like to leave you with one last thought. In your own life and in your writing, so often we feel that we have to set up stuff so that we can pay it off, that we need to know where we're going so we can do everything perfectly that we have to find the right time because we're overwhelmed by all the demands upon us. But the truth is we all live in the multiverse. But navigating the multiverse is actually quite simple. Like Evelyn, we need to see the beauty in the characters around us. We need to let go of the vision that we have both for our lives and for our projects. We have to let go of the idea that we're living the worst or the best possible version of ourselves. And rather, we have to commit to the process where we sit in the present, sometimes in the quiet, just like two rocks in a place of meditation, sometimes in the chaos of trying different things and looking for those little beautiful specks of time where things actually make sense and learning how to cherish them and build structure from them. 
I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If you are getting a lot out of it, come study with me. You can join my classes online from anywhere in the world. I have classes at every level from beginning foundation classes to master classes and our ProTrack mentorship program that will pair you one-on-one with a professional writer. You can also find a full transcript of this podcast on my website, writeyourscreenplay.com slash podcast link in bio.